You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump says the U.S. has been helping to train military pilots from foreign allies for many years, but that will be reviewed after Friday's shooting at a naval base in Pensacola. We'll get to the bottom of it very quickly. This has been done for many decades. We've been doing this with other countries, foreign countries. I guess we're going to have to look into the whole procedure. We'll start that immediately. The president spoke to reporters on the South Lawn of the White House. Authorities have named the 21-year-old Saudi gunman who killed three people Friday before being fatally shot by a sheriff's deputy. They've also confirmed that he was a member of the Saudi Air Force on the base for training. And as officials investigate whether the attack was motivated by terrorism, there are media reports today that the gunman hosted a dinner party earlier in the week to watch videos of mass shootings. North Korea says it carried out what it's calling an important test at a satellite launch site. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that the test comes as the North is signaling that it is about to give up on nuclear negotiations with the United States. Pyongyang did not say exactly what had been tested at the Sohei satellite launch site, but the Korean Central News Agency quotes an unnamed spokesman for the Academy of National Defense Science as saying the test would enhance the country's strategic position. U.N. 
and resolutions banned North Korea from testing satellites as the technology involved could also be used to improve the North's ballistic missiles. North Korea began dismantling the Sohe site in July 2018 as intensive diplomacy with the U.S. and South Korea was underway. But the site appears to have been rebuilt following the collapse of negotiations in Vietnam in February of this year. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. Tens of thousands have turned out peacefully in Hong Kong today in the first authorized pro-democracy march in more than two months. NPR's Emily Fang reports a mass demonstration comes as protesters in Beijing are locked in a stalemate over political reforms. Marchers dressed in black, the chosen color of protest, and others in more colorful winter clothing streamed into Hong Kong's commercial district by the thousands. They shouted slogans like Hong Kong Revenge and called on the city's leader, Carrie Lam, to step down. Anti-government protests are now in their sixth month. Despite the withdrawal of an extradition bill that initially sparked the protests, demonstrations have expanded into greater calls for direct democracy, rule of law, and greater autonomy from Beijing. The march coincides with the United Nations Human Rights Day and is the largest the city has seen in months. Protests have grown increasingly scattered and violent in previous weeks as frustration with police aggression and the city's leaders grew. Emily Fang, NPR News, Beijing. Authorities in India investigating a devastating fire at a factory in New Delhi. At least 43 people were killed. The fire broke out. Workers were sleeping. Officials say the building's owner has been detained. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. The final moments of a 16-year-old's life caught on camera in a Border Patrol cell. Carlos Vasquez reportedly died of the flu a week after he crossed into the U.S. In May, a nurse at a Texas processing facility diagnosed the teen with influenza. He had a temperature of 103 and was to be reassessed in two hours and hospitalized if his conditions worsened. Border Patrol officials took him to a quarantine facility where he was put into a cell with concrete slabs and foil sheets. In Iowa today, Joe Biden confronted by a retired farmer who says he'll vote for anyone but Trump, but still had some tough words for the former vice president. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has proved that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. She has a lot of friends and she always... Do you hate the president, Mr. Speaker? I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody.
This is about the Constitution of the United States and the facts that lead to the president's violation of his oath of office. And as a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Today, you're being asked to consider whether protecting those elections requires impeaching a president. That is an awesome responsibility. That everything I know about our Constitution and its values, and my review of the evidentiary record, and here, Mr. Collins, I would like to say to you, sir, that I read transcripts of every one of the witnesses who appeared in the live hearing because I would not speak about these things without reviewing the facts. So I'm insulted by the suggestion that as a law professor, I don't care about those facts. In Washington, House Democrats are in the final stages of preparing articles of impeachment. President Trump once again dismissed the inquiry today on his way to Florida, where he'll speak at an event tonight. The impeachment thing is a total hoax. The numbers have totally swung our way. They don't want to see impeachment, especially in the swing states. This is how they talk about our president. Yeah, as if he's, he's a joke. They're talking about him. It's the truth. You know, the whole payoff the here jo- of his Look, they're style. All, when people are laughing at you, that means you're the joke. He's the brunt of a joke right there. And the irony here, he's the one who's always making fun of people, coming up with pet names, calling people horrible names, um, you know, pet names, of, you know, Sleepy Joe and whatever. whatever, right? And he gets laughing, oh, the whole world. He's right. People are laughing at, not at us, but at him. A campaign that started with so much promise <laughs> brought to an abrupt end today, even before the first vote was cast. I'm not a billionaire. I can't fund my own campaign. Senator Kamala Harris, who sought to be the first black female president of the United States, calling the decision one of the hardest of her life. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is December 8th, uh, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. At its best, like the man said, I am Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Welcome back. Been gone for a week, enjoying the Thanksgiving holidays with our families, and we hope that you did the same as well. But now we're back to get back to the business of the American people to talk about the President of the United States. Well, maybe that's not the business of the American people, but it's our business. And we'll talk about that with a whole bunch of friends and family. Let me introduce them to you. First up, she is my big sis. She's an avid NBC, MSNBC watcher in CNN. I think CNN now is in second place. I could be wrong. But she's here to bring her Southern twain to the conversation. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa, and happy belated Thanksgiving. How are you? Hi, Jay, and good morning, everybody, and not only was it happy belated Thanksgiving, but it is happy belated birthday. I had once while we were gone, so glad to be here, glad to be here, and glad to hear your voice. girl. I'm going to sing happy birthday to you later on in the show, I promise, and I'll keep it on key, I promise you that. 
Oh, ouch. Okay. All right, the, the man who I call the smartest man, one of the smartest men in the world. I call him the educator brother. He's my little brother. Love this guy to death, but I love what he brings to the table. Full time here in the house now. Missed his voice. He's back. Happy belated Thanksgiving to him and his family, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to D, man. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I tell you, I am elated. Um, to have had an opportunity to spend some time with my family and uh, having a chance to get back on the broadcast with 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 the broadcast family and Jay, you know you you you're straight blood family and uh, <laughs> just looking forward to the opportunity to have some some interesting dialogue. It's been as normal a, a busy week in, in in politics, a busy week in America, and a busy week in conversation. So. Miss Vanessa, uh, happy belated birthday. Uh, I, I, I will offer you my Barry White version of happy birthday if you want to hear it <laughs> later on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. And, and Les and, and Jerome, certainly looking forward to to uh, hearing what you guys have to say. So, hey, ding, ding, let's get it started. <laughs> and on that note, a beautiful segue to the man who really runs everything around here. The first and last voice here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, my brother? Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John and Vanessa. Good morning to you and happy belated good birthday morning, to you as well, my Good morning. Good morning. You know, I noticed, uh, you know, Johnny, when you offered your very white version of happy birthday. She didn't tell you no thank you, but I, she really shut mine down really quick and fast. So I'll, you know, I'll hold that to myself yes, as the show go on. And, uh, you know, uh, okay, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Elias, for your commentary. All right, Mr. Jerome is free, the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. The number is 347 You can also follow us on social media. Too many sites to name that we monitor throughout the course of the show, but you can leave a comment there if you're bashful or shy. You can come into the world-famous chat room, or you can leave comments on social media. And if they're respectful and if they make sense, we'll read them during the chatterbox section of the show. But we have a lot to get into. We're going to try to jam all the things you heard at the top into the next three hours. So two hours, I'm sorry. So sit back, relax, and uh, let's get the show on the road. First up, we're going to be talking about a boy who died in U.S. custody. Again, another child has died while in U.S. custody. This is the sixth child who has lost it's life, trying to flee violence in their own native countries. We'll talk about that. We're going to also talk about the heat is on in D.C. Tippers are flying from those who were in D.C. or connected to the district. Boy, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, the professors who testified during the uh, impeachment uh, hearings. My goodness, a lot of people are mad, and we'll talk about that coming up next. And, of course, Kamala Harris is out. Uh, the senator from California has decided to end her race for the president of the United States. We have our opinions on what we think what happened. And, you know, of course, we're going to talk about how the leader of the free world, you know, should instead of calling him the POTUS, we should call him LOL POTUS because people are laughing out loud at the president of the United States. What a damn shame. And, man, are you proud to be an American after what we witnessed this past week? Once again, the number is 347 You can jump in the world-famous chat room and make your comments. 
follow along, Mr. Elias. You will feel the ire of Mr. Elias if you come in there incorrect because he will check you. That's just the way he rolls. Plus, don't call up here talking crazy because Mr. Elias get a perverted joy out of talking to people off the air who thinks that they're on the air. And then he uses some selective language to them while he's in the screening room. All right, so once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, look, another child has died in U.S. custody. And, and you know, listen, here's the thing, and the reason why I want to talk about this is because there's so much going on in the world. And this is a huge story. I remember when it first hit the airwaves, we had reporters down there, congresspeople were down there, presidential candidates were down there. But just like anything else, at some point in time, the spotlight fades, and so this is still happening at the border in this country of ours. Once again, a young boy dies. He died of the flu. And the video, if you can go out there and find it, it's out there. My goodness, it's, it's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. So, Mr. Elias, why is it that the U.S., there has been court rulings on this? My thing is, is that what can you do when you have an administration who says, look, I don't give a damn what type of rulings you have in place. We're going to move at our pace. We're going to do what we want to do. And to me, what type of – does this really show how much power the judicial system has when it comes to the executive office of this country? What say you? Well, Jay, first and foremost, man, isn't it strange that these are the same people that will fight against abortion but once a child gets here they don't give a damn how that child lives or dies now that, 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 that's hypocrisy at, at its best secondly no they don't they don't care because these, these, these kids are not from this country and they don't they don't give a damn about human life man they don't There's, you know i don't get how how you you know they're blocking the food stamps is coming in now. All the poor white people that own food stamps are really gonna feel that crunch. All the poor black people are gonna feel the crunch. All the poor uh, uh, Mexicans are gonna feel the crunch. I mean, it's just it's, it's, this guy is looking for anything to hurt anybody, man. I don't understand. You know how can you, in good conscience, give all these tax breaks to? Uh, Amazon and everybody else that got all this money that can't afford to pay it, but there's people that cannot afford to pay it, you stick it to them. You stick it to them, and they can't, and everybody's going to pull yourself up by your bootstrap. What about the people who have had the, the life where they cannot pull up by their bootstrap? Because there are people out there like that. So, you know, this child dying, man, look, that, you know, that. That alone should send out the alarm for everybody in, in, in the United States. But is it send out alarm? You got people on social media talking about, I'm glad that child died. This is, this is, this is the mm. America that we live in. It's hatred. It's hatred. Wow. And it's disdain, man. Wow. I, I hadn't heard that. That's, uh, you know, wow. That's, uh, mm. Vanessa, you know, if this would have been a, uh, uh, you know, a senior care facility, if this would have been a hospital, heads would have flown, the authorities would have been in there, there could have been the possibility of uh, homicide charges or at least um, involuntary manslaughter charges. So far, nothing. Now, are we putting the car before the horse? Are we just impatient? Or is this a situation where we're saying, look, we've seen this story before? Because like I mentioned, this is the sixth child, and the other five 
died in this process. Nothing has happened. So what, why, why are we to think anything is going to be different from this? Your thoughts, please. <clears throat> this just so upsets me. I, I'm on Facebook just like Les is, and for people to say, well, he shouldn't have came over here and it wouldn't have happened, it's sickening to me. I believe that the president really gets enjoyment from hearing about people suffering. And before the people start chatting something derogatory, let me give you some examples. He could have easily by now sent all of those people on a bus back to the border and told them to swim across that water back to Mexico rather than sitting in a cave for the American people to pay for them. He could have eaten them all on. But he enjoys watching people in cages like that suffer. The president enjoys that. Just like the president enjoys the fact that he just cut 750,000 people off of food stamps, even if they have a $3,000 um, asset. So if I own a car, I can't get food stamps. I mean, if my life insurance policy has $3,000 cash value, I can't get food stamps. This president enjoys seeing people suffer. He enjoys it. And I think it's sickening. And the American people are not saying a word. They're not saying anything. They're not raising any stand about that. And I just don't get it. You know, Johnny D., uh, I was having a conversation with my oldest daughter the other day, and we were talking about impeachment, and she said she had actually been somewhat looking at it. She says, but a lot of her friends haven't. And I says, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, we live in a, in a world now where, you know, uh, you have so many different arms of entertainment. You know, you can watch tape-delayed podcasts. You have, you know, 15,000 channels out there. You know, back in the day when this whole thing was going on, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to use impeachment because I don't want to jump ahead of the game, but let's just talk about this situation here. I mean, if this would have happened back in the day, back in the day you only had three networks. And back in the day, you know, you had newspapers and, and things of that nature where people were really paying attention. You really had a limited source to receive information, so that's why things like this stayed on the forefront. That being said, when you go back and look at what has happened with these children, you know, for folks to say that, well, you know, this person should have never come over here, think about this. These people know what they're going to face when they get to the American borders. What does that say to you, that they take these chances? That has to say a whole lot about where they're coming from. Because if they know that there's a possibility, there's a 50% chance that, you know, they may end up in cages and they may end up, you know, maybe dying or whatever, they're willing to take that risk versus staying in their native countries because they feel that the threat of living in those environments with their children brings greater harm than trying to enter this country, which is supposed to be the home of the free and the brave. What are your thoughts on this thing, man? You know, each week we we find topics to discuss what's going on in America. But the reality of it is, is, and I think each one of us have had the fortune to be blessed that we've traveled abroad. And regardless of our current state and our current conditions in America, America is still 
the land of opportunities for many, particularly in, in Central and South America, to have had an opportunity to to go to Honduras and, 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 and speak on topics of, of gangs and, and some other law enforcement issues and, and see the conditions in which they live and then also um, serving in the military uh, in Arizona and going to Mexico and looking at the conditions in which um, those citizens live. It, it goes back to what you said, Jay, uh, knowing that they most likely will not make it to the United States without being impeded and without being placed in these detention centers for those nationals that's attempting to come over um, just shows the conditions of, of their country. So as, as bad as this may sound, uh, the six lives lost um, in, these, in these camps and in these detention centers, it probably would have been more if they had been in there. Now, I'm not condoning or advocating what's currently going on, but I will say that those conditions are so impoverished that those those persons would take risk of life, limb, and confinement to say, hey, what I'm doing now isn't working, so I'm not satisfied with the countries that I live in, so I'll go to the land of opportunity with the hope of being able to cross the border into America and then living, watching over your shoulders every day to see if some law or or, 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 or you're going to get detained and then sent back and deported. So those those that just speaks of the prosperity of America and, and how people still view America and the American culture as, as ugly uh, as, you know, this era of the Trump regime is making the the analogy uh, of, of the ugly American even more profound. People still want to come to this country um, because we do have perhaps the the most formidable criminal justice system in the world, and we know that it has flaws. So it's it's a it just speaks for the times in which other countries are just. You know, these third world countries are still struggling. Now, I, I will say this here. Um, when, when you think about the incident that, that happened to the young and I'm not as astute. Uh, I, the first time I, I heard about the, the article is when I was uh, just kind of listening in for the topics. And I was like, wow, OK, uh, you know, just let me kind of get get a stoop. But what's happening is, you know, for the first time in many years, you know, un, uninsured children in America went up tremendously, and I, I, I think the, the last time I read something a couple of weeks ago, it was 3.9 million uninsured uh, children in America. So the health care since 2016 has, has, has increased uh, some four or 500,000 individuals uh, was added to those roles right there. So clearly something needs to be done, you know, but what's interesting is when when others stop talking about those conditions, and again, this guy has a, a tendency to change the narrative. And you know, when when you and, and and your young daughter were speaking about the media, yeah, when we came up, there was I'd say four networks. You had PBS in there, but beyond that, right there, yeah. the news was pretty much uh, you know res- delegated to those three stations. Well, now what's confusing is that you've got more expedient news sources and more abundant news sources. But what Donald Trump has 
done is now he he questions the integrity of the media to where depending upon what channel you you, you look at you get different versions of the same topic. So that's sad, but going back to keeping this in front of the American people and keeping it in the conscience and keeping it to the, our listeners, there wasn't too long ago that after the, the, the trail um, started to, to, to fizzle out uh, as far as the national media and American media, I do remember having a, t- a conversation. Uh, I think Les might have been the one who brought it up. And, and he kept that alive as far as, you know, don't forget about that. And, and this has been recent, more recent than, than what the, the mass media had talked about. So, again, that just goes to show the value of the topics of conversation that you select and that we bring up. Because, like I said, it's been probably a month and a half, maybe two months ago, you know, for those who are going to go back and, and, and try to refute this here. I'm almost certain that it was Les who said something about, you know, not forgetting about those children at the border. So, again, just, you know, being conscious about what's going on and not letting those stories fizzle out. Because if he gets an opportunity to change the narrative, clearly that's what he does. And it's just so much foolishness that's going on that, that you almost have to allow it because if you want to stay up to date in the breast, then you've got to go on to the next topic. And sometimes you drift back and you say, you know what, wow. I should have been a little bit more conscious, and that's why being proactive and being active, making sure that we keep the conscience of the American people and, and, the, and the listening audience, you know, very informed about what's going on, and really be advocates. Like I say, it's not about talking about it; it's about this. It's, it's actually about doing something. So, again, a sad testimony. I'm certainly going to do some more research to try to catch up on it, and um, like I say, just just keep. Keep those folks in prayers because they still struggling. But as you said, Jay, to think that you would come and risk that to escape a, a, a war-torn, impoverished country that they currently live in just just speaks volumes for where their origins are. And that's the sad testimony yep. of the entire process. That is. That's a very sad testimony of the whole process. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a serious side. Broadcasting live from Mikey's place, a uh, place named after uh, my godson, Michael John Raleigh Jr., who lost his life back in 2015 uh, due to a parasite known as an amoeba. Just want to make sure every now and then I announce that. All right, 347 In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. It's no secret that we borrow a lot of audio clips from uh, NPR. So what we decided to do this morning is we decided to allow NPR to use our space to promote something that's really near and dear to their heart. It's called Sock It To Me. So here's this week's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be back on the other side to finish the conversation. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the holiday gift. But when you can't think of what else to give somebody, good for old, young women, men, north, south, NPR even sells them. Socks. And they're having their moment in the fashion world. Stephen Frumkin is dean at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and joins us. Dean Frumkin, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So socks are having their moment in the fashion world? Yeah, they are. Socks have gone through their ups and downs and have had very, very many different moments in the fashion world. 
And there's certainly a resurgence today, as you have probably noticed. People want to make a statement, and one of the nice ways of doing it is to have a pair of socks that says something. Yeah. Are, are students at design schools uh, paying more attention to socks? Well, I think they are, I think for two reasons. One is I think because they participate in the display of socks, and they think they also realize, as they've been reading and reading, that socks are a business. And uh, one could go into that business because you've started a stock company, you've been part of a stock company, you design for a stock company, or you're in the business end of the stock company. So uh, why not take the opportunity to participate in a fun product? Who sets the trends these days when it comes to showing off socks? You know, that's interesting. There are many different people. Um, probably the most famous politician was uh, our president, 41, George Bush. He used to wear red socks, you might remember. Whoopi Goldberg over the years has worn all kinds of socks. There are also people who make a statement by not wearing socks. Uh, you may have seen Donnie Deutsch on TV drawing attention to his feet in a slightly different way. Uh, Dean, an important question. Yes, sir. Cotton, wool, bamboo, what makes the best sock? The best sock is the sock that's worn for the occasion. So if, in fact, it's the middle of the winter, you could probably wear a wool sock. But if it's the summertime and you're playing tennis, you might want a cotton sock. Um, I can't believe I'm telling you the kind of socks I'm wearing, but I do crave your opinion. Okay. Burgundy with little tiny blue pin dots. Okay. But what else are you wearing? <laughs> I am wearing a, uh, a pinstripe suit, black with uh, white silver white pinstripes. Okay. And a, so and a uh, blue shirt with white stripes and a red kind of holiday time. Okay. So you look like a clown. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. You, you can cut that out if you want. No, no. no. <laughs> it's too late. No, it's no, too, no. It's too late. Besides, who would dispute it? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's the beauty of socks. You're comfortable with it, makes you feel good. You're talking about it now, and it sounds like you put together an outfit that is colorful, but subdued, and proper. Oh, you recovered from that nicely. I did, I tried. You have a lot of control. You have the button to push me over here. No, it's the people in the control room, and they've, oh, never, they've never heard a wiser statement in their life than that I look like a clown. <laughs> Stephen Frumkin is a dean at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Thanks so much for being with us, Steve Frumkin. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you very much. I'm going to take my big floppy feet out of here. You can can start a whole new career now. Yes. I'll need it, too, after this interview. (laughs) This is the worst gift I ever got. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Here, Mr. Collins, I would like to say to you, sir, that I read transcripts of every one of the witnesses who appeared in the live hearing because I would not speak about these things without reviewing the facts. So I'm insulted by the suggestion that as a law professor, I don't care about those facts. Welcome back, 347 you You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Once again, there's seller socks called Sock It To Me. I thought they'd give more information on how to pick those up, but you can go to NPR.org and figure out how to buy some socks and help a family during the holiday season. All right, welcome back. Uh, listen, uh, the heat is on in D.C. Boy, I tell you what, a lot of tippers were flying this 
past week in D.C. from people who are actually in D.C. and people who are connected to the district. Um, I want to play an exchange uh, between Joe Biden. Uh, let me just play this Biden clip, and I want to start the conversation off there. We'll move to Nancy Pelosi and other people, but let me let me start right there first, and, and, and we'll kind of go from there. Let's, let's listen to the clip. We'll be right back after this. In Iowa today, Joe Biden confronted by a retired farmer who says he'll vote for anyone but Trump, but still had some tough words for the former vice president. I've got two problems with you. One is you're damn near as old as I am. You're too old for the job. I got a question I want you to answer. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in the Ukraine over there. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing in order to get access for the for the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he was. So you you're got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has proved that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the I TV. No, I know you do. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on, let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take an IQ test, okay? All right. All right. Number one. Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion, and no one has ever said it. Not I didn't one... say you were doing anything wrong. I you said... said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I... Get your word straight, Jack. And Nancy Pelosi, not to be outdone by the former president, had an exchange of her own with a reporter. <laughs> And as a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Nancy, Nancy, Nancy and Joe sitting in a tree, mad as can be. So welcome back in. All right, so let's start with Joe Biden. You know, Vanessa, let me start this conversation with you. A lot of people are saying that um, people have there have been, been mixed responses to this. You know, some folks have said, "Well, wait a minute. Now, Joe Biden should have not should should, should not have gone after that that voter." You know, the bottom line is that he needs to be more poised than that. But then on the other hand, there are people who are saying, wait a minute, that's the Joe Biden we want to see. That's the guy that needs to be able to stand on a stage toe-to-toe with Donald Trump and let him have it. So, let me, Vanessa, question to you. How do you feel? You know, what's your response to that whole thing? Think he handled it the right way, or do you think he should have uh, taken more of the political approach and, you know, and had a better answer for this individual? No, <laughs> because Joe Biden used to get in trouble with his mouth when he was under Obama. He used to have some words to come out of his mouth. That's just Joe. I mean, so it's about time he comes out swinging. I'm tired of people saying stuff about him, to him, and him being the gentleman. 
she needs to come out swinging. And you know what? It's like when you talk about a mother's child, child, I'm like a bad. Don't you say nothing about my child. So I think he did the right thing. Don't you say nothing about my child. I didn't do that. And I, I, I'm just proud of him for standing up doing that. I'm, I'm just proud of him for doing it myself. So this is about time to stand up and say something. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people said, well, I was watching, a lot of people who are in this corner were saying, eh, you know, maybe you should, you can't get mad at a voter and, and all this nonsense. It kind of reminds me of when uh, NBA players, you know, that that whole thing back in the day, you know, back in the day, a few years back, there used to always be, every now and then, almost on a nightly basis, there was a confrontation between an NBA player and a fan. And it's like, well, the fans can't just, you know, because I'm a player, I, I don't have to take the high road every time. She was talking about my family saying all types of things. Who am I to sit back and say, well, I'm the bigger person. Let me take a di- different path. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, has joined, joined us. And let's bring him in here to get his commentary on this. First of all, good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning, man. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding, sir. All right, All right. question. Did Joe Biden handle this the right way, or was it a situation? Did you, did you like the fiery Joe Biden, or did, do you think as a political strategy? Matter of fact, let me, let me, t- let me broach a question to you that way. Political mm-hmm. strategist, you're his political advisor. After mm-hmm. he made those comments, what would have been the first thing you said to him once he went to the back of the building or got on the, the no malarkey bus? What would, be, what, have, what would have been your advice to Joe Biden after that confrontation with that voter in Iowa? Um, my, my conversation would have been, who's next? It is so early. In the race that doing stuff like this is not like okay. So remember early on, people are like, you know, Joe Biden looked old and he looked shaky, and that was just from him being cautious. And I kept saying, mm-hmm. Joe Biden is is holding back, right? Nobody likes timid Joe Biden, but when Joe Biden comes out swinging, like I, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know who's the non-suburban people who are uh, listening to this show today, but let me tell you this. <laughs> when, when you say something to somebody who lies to you and you watch somebody take a step towards you like Joe Biden did, Joe Biden don't play. <laughs> Joe Biden did not stutter. He didn't mix his word. He was like, what you say? Right? I think everybody black was like, all right now. Because you can't just lie to somebody and then in their See, face say, that's what I said. <laughs> you can't lie to somebody and say, you, you, um, cause, cause people project, right? Especially, especially white folks when you, when you do, um, when you do town halls or stuff like that, they plant people, like they send other people to your stuff, and they throw stuff in there. So we're in such a habit of doing commentary when you ask a question. Like so, he said, first of all, um, you and I are about the same age, or around the same age, and so you too old. Said that to him twice. Joe Biden tried to walk away from that, like he kept his head down, kind of walked away, and then he said about your son, um, you set your son up to make money while while Obama was president. He, he wasn't even president. You set him up to make money, um, the same thing that they're accusing Trump of. So he, he equated them, and he said, you're a damn lie. Now, he said, well, I didn't say you did it. He said, yes, you did. Obama, uh, I'm sorry, 
Fight was never more clear during his whole campaign season than he was at that moment. He said, yes, you did, and he stepped to him. And everybody's like, I felt a little uncomfortable. That's just like when you go to, uh, you're standing in line someplace, and you black, and somebody cut in front of you, mm-hmm. and you say, yes, you did, and they're like, you don't have to get all hostile. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's like if you don't get your butt to the back of the line, it was like, hey, you don't have to get all hostile and stuff. Yeah, you can't just say stuff to people to walk away. So I think we all, but fighting ain't losing no black support for that. Even even if the white people get a little squeamish, it's like we all laugh. We're like, okay, you call that dad old if you want to get hit in the mouth, but whatever. So, yeah, so he, he did it on the professional side. It was a good thing that he did that because I keep thinking that when they narrow down the debate stage, Joe Biden's going to find his footing. Before they start really get at it, Joe Biden's gonna find his footing. Um, you, no matter no matter what Elizabeth Warren does or Bernie Sanders, well, Biden is tougher than all of them, for one. And and two, at the same time in the news, when Nancy Pelosi addressed them, they were like, "Look at her, women power." She stood up, and for that man, they wanted to emasculate him. It is contradictory messages in the same news cycle, so you cannot pay it any attention. Democrats don't know what the heck they want, so I don't mess with them like that. You know, interesting, uh, you know, the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, she was on uh, uh, Up This Morning on MSNBC, and she said that uh, some of the people that supports her were saying that after, they, you know, a few voters came and said, hey, look, we were going to go with Elizabeth Warren, but after watching Joe Biden get with that uh, older voter, Johnny D, uh, she said that those voters said, well, guess what, now we're going. Uh, with Joe Biden. And speaking of her, you know, I want to have a, I want to definitely talk about her a little later. We're going to probably do a show on her next week. Uh, yeah, I'll, because you to Johnny, Jay, I want you to address her as Vice President Keisha. Well, that you know, you just, you just see, stop, stop stealing my thunder, sir. That's exactly where I was going. I was saying, you know, she is starting to, you know, you're starting to see her more and more and more. Um, and so I think this is the introductory period for her. I definitely want to have us spend some time on her maybe next week. Thanks, thanks, uh, Jerome. That's where I was going. Hey, thank you. Hey, I'm just saying. I, when I when I threw that out there, when y'all was talking to everybody else, I'm like, she endorsed him early. And you did. I don't know. If, huh? What you did. That? You did. I'll give you that. You did. Yeah. And when he went to Atlanta with the Tyler Perry Studios, the clip of him going into that debate. Who was the first Guess person? Guess who he hugged first. Exactly. exactly. You I, your I don't back. I believe uh-huh. nobody could see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so my bad. It comes, around, goes around, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember you, when you asked the question and people said, no, I don't know who he is. she is. I said, I know who she is, but you were right about mm-hmm. that, Jerome. So, Johnny, going to you, Johnny, um, <laughs> with this whole thing with, with Biden, do you think, because I know you, you know, because th- there's two Johnny D's, folks. Let me let you in a little secret with this guy. This guy, I love this guy to death. But there is this nice, mature Johnny D, this guy that I have the pleasure of just loving so much at this stage of his life. But then there was this Johnny D back in 1985. So I'm wondering, which Johnny D, <laughs> what's the response from Johnny D today <laughs> versus what happened with Joe Biden? So what do you think, John? You think that he handled it the right way? And let me know if this is the 2019 version or the 20, or the 1985, 86, 87 version of Johnny Dick. 
<laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this right here. I'm certainly not the 1985 version in regards to physical appearance. You know, I I, I think that's still that, that 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 18, 19 year old when I look in the mirror. But I'm I'm, I'm far from it. But you know, it, 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 you know what's funny is is in a land where you got the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution. And people speak so fondly of it. Uh, I just want to tell the American people this right here. Where you feel like your civil liberties and rights begin, minds don't end there. So what I'm saying in, in short is that Joe Biden was correct in his desire and that opportunity to take that time to set the record straight. Now, how he did it just simply meant that, hey, that's hermano, hermano. Um, that, that's one man challenging another man. And like I said, his right to try to offend a politician, whether he's in political uh, you know, mode or what have you, you know, it does not end Joe Biden's right to defend his family. So, you know, again, let 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 the, let, let, let the records reflect this here. And, and I and, and, you know, I, I, I try to be as as Guarded with my words, you know. When whenever you you start getting in some 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 higher level or of, of commitment to to public service, you know you have to choose your words carefully. But like I said, because you feel like your rights began, mines don't end, and Joe Biden's did not end. So I certainly appreciate that uh, and how he handled that. Now some of the other uh, outbursts and outskirts, I, I thought. In, in this whole dynamic, what you're having is that people are trying to be the next headline. And the young lady who talked about uh, Trump and, and his son, I didn't see anything offended by it when, when she spoke of, you know, he's not the king and he can't make his son the baron, even though his name is baron and everybody got so appalled. I'm sitting up there chuckling because I'm thinking this guy is the same person who makes mockery of handicap. Uh, African-Americans, gays, women, and everything else, and now people trying to act like they're offended. Now, I will say this here. Her desire to to get her little five minutes of fame, it, you know, ultimately caused us some shame amongst her colleagues. But the truth is, is you know, let let the records reflect uh, at any given time that, that you got a right to defend yourself. So from that standpoint, Jay, like I said, I'm still the same one from from 86 on up, um, and I'm going to do that. You you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to do that to the end. But I do think that you have to choose your words carefully uh, as as that maturation process takes place. Uh, I'm, you know, the the, the cursing out people, the threatening people, which I'm not alluding that he did that. I'm just saying you got a right to defend your family, and, and I applaud him for doing so. Okay. What about you, Mr. Elias? What do you think? Jay, I would have what to do you agree think, with sir? The, uh, the panel. I would have to agree with the panel. You know, that man attacked him, so he has, he has the right to defend himself, man. If he just stood up there and, 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 and was docile and, and, and said, hey, you got a right to your opinion and all this other stuff, you got to protect your family. And, you know, something, what better, what better way to protect your family than to, 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 to confront somebody who's going after your family? So... I, I agree with what he did. I, I, I totally agree with what he did. I mean, the bottom line is, I don't, I don't want to see some. I don't want to see my president meet. What happens when 
when a, when a foreign government comes and, and, and slaps you in the face, come on, let's lose diplomacy and let's get, no, you want to come back at that, that foreign government if they're coming after you. Something that we don't have right now. Because Putin is coming after our, our democracy right now, and Trump is opening up the door for him. Yeah, I guess people can definitely say that about that. I mean, this guy is, you know, the one of the things, no matter who you applaud, uh, who you, you know, uh, uh, vote with, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or independent, I mean, this guy is still our president. And the last thing you want is this guy to be a laughing stock on the world stage. You know, we all laugh when they threw those shoes at George Bush. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he still represents our country. And, and that's something that I, I you know, I always applauded President Obama when he would say things like, you know, this country needs to have two, a two healthy two party. It needs to be a two party political system in this country. You got to have the pros and cons. It just can't be everybody's way all the time. You got to have a balance. So I, I mean, you know, it's just it's unfortunate. It really and truly is. But that just goes to show you that what type of idiot we have sitting in the White House. And Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, the reporter from San Clara, Vanessa, you know, came at her one of those loaded questions. And I love every now and then when a Democrat's hair raised up on their back and said, wait a minute, hold on. You're not going to, no, 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 no. Don't use that word with me. I don't hate anybody. And she went back to the podium and addressed that situation. She said, look here, I'm a Catholic. Don't come at me like that. So, so, you know, uh-huh. let's talk about Nancy Pelosi for a few minutes. I love the fact that Nancy yeah. Pelosi went right at him. And St. Clair is, you know, this is the report. We did a show on this last year, I think it was, how we talked about how the St. Clair uh, Entertainment, I don't know what their official term is, but they're a company that owns most of the local news channels that you watch every day in your local districts and your local states and cities and things of that nature. And they were talking about how they were requiring all of their news outlets to read these uh, politically charged statements that were pushing the conservative party and the Republicans. And so, you know, because they knew that, they know that most people trust their local news. We have people like Donald Trump saying CNN, MSNBC, NBC, these guys are fake news. You know, you're going to turn to the people that you know that you meet in your communities, your local news anchors. But if, if they're owned by, by St. Clair, then they're reading these comments, and they're trying to push the nation, you know, uh, to the right. So I was happy to see her come at him the way she did, Vanessa. We call her Nana in our house, Nana Pelosi. <laughs> in our house. That's what we call her because she told, she told Donald Trump, I got five grandchildren. I know how to put people in time out and make them do right. She know how to punish them, so... She's Nana Pelosi in our house, but when she walked away from the podium and went stood in that reporter's face and said, don't you say that to me, I was screaming like, you better go, girl. So, I mean, (laughs) I don't know why they fool with her. I don't know why they think that she's not going to go off on them. And she, she said from the beginning that she prayed for Trump. We all pray for Trump if you're Christians and you, that we all pray for Trump because we pray for the country. Because we wish our country yeah. well. So, yeah. we, you know, that's what we're going to do for him. But she got him. She, she got him. And I, sometimes I pray for her well-being. Because sometimes I'm afraid that people might try to do something to her. I really do. And I, and I hope you know, uh, that nothing happens mm-hmm, to her physically. Mm-hmm. No, I just hope that nothing happens to her physically like 
being sick or something so that she can keep mm-hmm. this going and she can get this finished. We don't need anything to happen to, to Nana, to Nana Pelosi, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerome, real quick before we close the se- segment out, uh, you remember that time where you had a lot of these young Democrats coming out saying we need to get them, get her out as speaker, and a lot of those guys are starting to change their tune a little bit. Well, first I thought maybe she was this, but you know what? God dang it, we're glad to have her in this space, especially during this time. What say you? Well, I think that we don't we when when things are going good, we kind of look at leadership very differently. Right, so when we start mm-hmm. saying stuff like, you know, we need a younger person there in, in in this situation because we need fresh new visions. That's only when everything is going well. When stuff starts right. to tear down, you look for wisdom, right? And mm-hmm. so the reason I said Nancy Pelosi as well um, when they were looking for a speaker is I knew that they need to they needed to have someone in there who understood how that system works because. The Republicans, as old as they are, old and old white men that they are, they actually understand how to hold stuff up. They understand what the rules are, so it works to their advantage. You just can't put new people in there who don't know how the mechanisms work. It's kind of one of the reasons why I say Biden should should um, should be president. It's not because I believe that nobody else is smarter than Biden. I think that what happened is that. Um, wisdom comes with age, right? You can be smart as you want to. And to put and to weed out all of those people that put, Trump put in there and to do some of the things to make the government functional again, I think you need somebody in there who understands how government works. You just don't randomly throw people in there. So Nancy Pelosi has the experience, although I don't think Nancy has the heart to go against um, the structure. She does know how to keep it together. So you can't charge her, you know, like that. She is tough. You know, John Lewis, those guys are tough, but they don't like to buck that system. You need you need young people in there to change course, but you need old people in there to make the car run, right? You're like, you need to get out and put some gas in this piece and fill up the tires. I ain't doing the manual labor, but you need somebody to drive. And the person to drive is a whole lot different than the person who has the energy to uh, to wash your car every every ten minutes. Uh, you know, Jerome, I take offense to what you say. The Republican <laughs> Party is of uh, older white men here, very young and poverty men, and we're trying to make sure that we get uh, legislation. The Democrats is holding us up, and I applaud the president for for his uh, mm-hmm. Supreme Court picks. Mr. Elias, may I give you a final word on this segment? <laughs> Look, man, there's, there's nothing wrong with protecting your family. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, just going after this guy. So, you know, I applaud him. <laughs> well said. Short and sweet. All right, coming up next, Kamala out. What happened? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the serious side on a beautiful Sunday morning. Glad you're here. We'll be right back after this.
it is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
air builds in, this Arctic air mass. We're talking about uh, highs for some places uh, really staying around negative. So this is, this is what it's going to be. Uh, we're going to be dealing with early next week behind this cold, this cold front. So this is what we're looking at for Monday. These are the forecast highs. The wind chills are going to be even worse than that. But inter international falls, your high 7 degrees. Minneapolis 29. Bismarck, you're not going to get out of the teens as we head through early next week. Now, by Tuesday, this is what I was talking about. Some of these highs are going to be around a negative. Negative 2 will be your forecast high in international falls on Tuesday. That's not the wind chill. That's the actual temperature. You can see the spreading farther to the south in East Chicago. 26 degrees for you. So we know these cities are used to the cold, but even this is, uh, you know, really, really cold, unseasonably cold, or not even unseasonably cold. There's not a season that this is normal. This is abnormally cold. Uh, so Wednesday morning, this is what we're looking at for the low temperatures. It's going to be negative 20 in Fargo, negative 7 in Minneapolis, Chicago. You're getting down into the teens, but this this is what's going to get you. This is what I want you to pay attention to. These are the wind chill forecasts for Wednesday morning. It is going to feel like negative 29 in Fargo. It's going to feel like negative 8 in La Crosse. Chicago, you're feeling like 7 degrees Wednesday morning. That is that type of cold that you bundle up as much as you can, but it really, you kind of want to stay inside if at all possible. Welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. The final moments of a 16-year-old's life caught on camera in a Border Patrol cell. Carlos Vasquez reportedly died of the flu a week after he crossed into the U.S. In May, a nurse at a Texas processing facility diagnosed the teen with influenza. He had a temperature of 103 and was to be reassessed in two hours and hospitalized if his conditions worsened. Border Patrol officials took him to a quarantine facility where he was put into a cell with concrete slabs and foil sheets. In Iowa today, Joe Biden confronted by a retired farmer who says he'll vote for anyone but Trump, but still had some tough words for the former vice president. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has proved that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. She has a lot of friends and she always... I don't, I don't hate anybody. I don't have to raise an average house. You don't hate anybody. Not anybody in the world. So don't, don't be accusing me. I did not accuse you. I am the question. Representative Collins yesterday suggested that the Democrats are doing this simply because they don't like the guy. I have nothing to do with it. Let me just say this. I think, it's important. I think the president is a coward when it comes to helping uh, our, our kids who are afraid of gun violence. I think he is cruel when he doesn't deal with helping our dreamers, of which we're very proud. I think he's in denial about the, about the uh, climate crisis. However, that's about the election. This is about the election. Take it up in the election. This is about the Constitution of the United States and the facts that lead to the president's violation of his oath of office. And as a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always pray for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Today, you're being asked to consider whether protecting those elections requires impeaching a president. That is an awesome responsibility. But everything I know about our Constitution and its values, 
and my review of the evidentiary record, and here, Mr. Collins, I would like to say to you, sir, that I read transcripts of every one of the witnesses who appeared in the live hearing because I would not speak about these things without reviewing the facts. So I'm insulted by the suggestion that as a law professor, I don't care about those facts. In Washington, House Democrats are in the final stages of preparing articles of impeachment. President Trump once again dismissed the inquiry today on his way to Florida, where he'll speak at an event tonight. The impeachment thing is a total hoax. The numbers have totally swung our way. They don't want to see impeachment, especially in the swing states. This is how they talk about our president. Yeah, as if he's, he's a joke. They're talking about him. It's the truth. You know, the whole payoff the here ju- of his Look, they're style. All, when people are laughing at you, that means you're the joke. He's the brunt of a joke right there. And the, the irony here, he's the one who's always making fun of people, coming up with pet names, calling people horrible names, um, you know, pet names, of, you know, Sleepy Joe and whatever. whatever, right? And he gets laughing, oh, the whole world. He's right. People are laughing at, not at us, but at him. Once again, here is our host, Jay Ryle. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. If you join the party late, you missed a lot of conversations, but don't worry. Still have one set left to have a conversation. But before we get into it, let's say good morning to the crew like we always do at this time of the show. Say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelle from the Macadonia. Good morning, Vanessa. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you as well. The educated brother himself, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning. Blessed, 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 and feeling real good about the show today and and just life in general, Jay. Absolutely, man. God bless you as well. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree. What's going on, Jerome, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? He's here. I, uh, yes, sir. He's here, I promise. And the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, my brother. What's happening? He's here, too. I promise you he's here. I promise <laughs> he's here. All right. Mr. Elias, until he's okay. here. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, good morning, right. everyone. And uh, Mariana Music, that is Tony. Uh, Tony? Maybe Baby, that's the name of the song. Well, look at Mr. Elias being that DJ on the side. That's why I told you he does everything around it. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Oh, uh, of course. We got uh, Easy Rider. I'm not I'm Easy Rider with us. And, of course, you know, the two the two races are always going to be here. Boba Bright and Easy Rider. And um, uh, Covina Man left early to go on his bike, so, yeah. Absolutely. Tell you what, don't see the pastor out there anywhere. That's, you know, he's usually here, so I'm not, not sure what's happening with the pastor. Also, Marietta Music is in the house checking in from, uh, looks like she is in Kaiserslautern? What are you doing there? Okay, well, she's there now doing what she's doing. Also, what's up to Roxy, Archie, Bev, Tim, Thomas, uh, Robert, uh, just so many people. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for keeping our numbers up last week, even though we weren't on the air. I don't know what you guys were listening to, but the numbers were steady. Thank you so much. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. We're about uh, twenty minutes away from Chatterbox, and on a need to know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Hey, Jerome, man, just real quick, man. Any good, good, good stories people should be looking out for coming in the next segment? 
I don't know, but you know there was a lot of entertainment in our political world, so I'm sure <laughs> there's some things that you find entertaining outside the political world. So I, I don't have anything in particular that I can think of, but it's been filled. <laughs> it was a fill. It, it was a filling like holiday it. weekend. A holiday week last week. <laughs> no more nothing. I believe it. <laughs> Happy birthday holidays to all yours, and it's the holiday season. Obviously, we're only a few we're a few weeks off from Christmas. Hope you guys had an opportunity to get to Black Friday, and of course, every Sunday after Thanksgiving, we usually take that off. So this is our first time back with you in a couple of weeks, and we've missed you, and we uh, appreciate everybody hanging out. All right, third and final set, um, Kamala Harris. So the Kamala Harris, the Democrat from California who made that statement during the first debate when she told Joe Biden, I was that little girl. She received a big, 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 big bump after that. And slowly but surely, her candidacy has been on the downfall. And this past week, she finally announced something that a lot of people already knew and figured out, especially her staffers, because now we're seeing letters of people who uh, turned in their resignation saying that they didn't see any path forward with the uh, with the nomination, no path forward to the nomination, and they also talked about so many gaps with staff and leadership. Her campaign is no more. She's out, and so now we're going to spend a few minutes talking about that. I can't say we didn't see this coming, uh, Johnny. I mean, you know, she's gone. Your thoughts? I really don't have any, uh, to be honest. Like, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be many more who will fall by the wayside by the time it's all over with. Uh, I think uh, in, in listening to some of the the news uh, broadcasts, uh, some people are, are, are somewhat surprised that it came this early. Uh, but at some point, it, it was bound to come. So, like, I haven't given it much thought. I just look at it as part of the political process. I, I I don't think that that she endeared herself to a point where we'll see her down the line as as a major cabinet member or anything like that. I think she kind of uh, put herself out out of out of favor. So we'll see we'll see what's next for uh, uh, Miss Harris. I uh, like say she 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 you know I applaud her for running, but I I, I don't think that she will probably be no more than than a than a broadcast host or or some uh, correspondent on some of the news channels moving forward. Uh, but like I say, wish her well, and we'll see what's next for her. Wow, that's kind of dismissive. Thanks, John. <laughs> he was like, well, uh, I don't have any comment on this. Well, I guess here, here let me go to you on this one, Vanessa, because I think that uh, she checks off two blocks uh, for the Democrats. And, and, and so what we're hearing now is when this debate comes up here in a few weeks, there will be no person of color on that stage because Cory Booker hasn't made the, hasn't reached the threshold yet to be on that stage. She did make the threshold, but she said, look, I just have to look at this thing, and I really didn't see a real path, so why continue to hang on? And Julio Castro, you know, once again, he's not on the stage either. So, uh, you know, a lot of people like me thinking, well, maybe if you didn't go after the vice president the way you did, Maybe that's one of the reasons why you weren't, in, you know, black people didn't, you know, uh, gravitate around you and the reason why you're not making any real moves because, you know, we know what she did. 
And, you know, we talked about it immediately after it happened, how she talked about, oh, I was that girl on the bus, and she had T-shirts ready to go because she knew, which meant that it was a preempted strike. She knew she was going to say that because there's no damn way you can get T-shirts printed that damn fast during the debate. They were selling them during the debate. And then, come to find out, when you go back to look at some of the things she has said in the past, she said busing was great for her because it gave her the opportunity to experience new cultures and new people. But then you come out and make that comment. So is it coincidental, Vanessa, the fact that Castro, you know, uh, Booker, and Kamala, they're out of this thing or they're not looking too good, and all the common denominator between all three candidates are they went after the vice president of Barack Obama. Okay. So if you remember back when after she did it after the debate, that next morning or that Sunday, I came back on the show and I told you guys that on the forum on Facebook, um, I was getting criticized because and threatened because I said she made a mistake and that was stupid for her to say that about Biden and her staff was messaging me saying all kind of derogatory things to me. And her I staff was guys, messaging you? Her staff, I told y'all on the show, her staff. I, I didn't know you said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, because okay. because we could have, we, we, listen, we, next time that happens, let us, I don't remember that, let us know because we can get them on the yes, show. If they have a problem with something that you said, let's get them on the show and get them amongst the, you know, the brothers and sisters. But go but ahead, no, I didn't mean no, to cut no, you off. No, I didn't, I don't remember hearing that. Yes, no, no, can. listen. I'm on the Joy Read MSNBC forum page where sometimes Joy asks our advice about things. And she even have a Saturday show that's just for the Facebook people, for us. And so people did not like when I said, Kamala Harris made a mistake. She's going to pay for that. She's not going to win. It's time for her to bow out, blah, blah, blah. And I said on the show that she was saying, people were saying nasty, derogatory things to me. So you know what? I said it then, and I said now. I told y'all she was not going anywhere. I knew she wasn't going to make it because if she's got staff people that act like that because I and other people were making comments on Facebook on a forum about her, oh, please. I knew she wasn't. And guess what? Part of the problem is with her staffing is that her sister is over her staffing. And they say that between her sister and her, that they are horrible people to work for or to volunteer for. So she had problems also with her staffing and with her sister being over her staffing. So, you know, birds of a feather flock. I'm going to keep saying that. So that's the reason, one of the reasons she's not in it. And, I, I, and it's okay because anybody who thinks, and don't get me, Jerome, Anybody who thinks that after Obama, they're going to turn right around and put a black as a president is misguided and mistaken. They might put a black as a vice president or even a woman that's black as a vice president. But they're not going to put a black president in office. And that's how we got Trump in the first place. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. I don't know why you said yeah. I would be really. that. <laughs> that is blaring that obvious. That's what a country is, baby girl. That is what so a country they, is. They're, who, they're hateful. People who didn't know me, they, and I'm wearing them out on Facebook. 
I'm wearing them out. And let me say this to you, Jay. For those of you that are in Houston that are listening, y'all need to get out and go and vote next week and put Turner back in office because Trump is the one who's backing Busby. So y'all need to stop. Go vote. Yeah, I don't think he's going. To, I mean, he, he. I mean, you know, during the last, and she's talking about the, the mayoral election here in, in Houston. The, the last time, I mean, he, his numbers were so low. The only reason why they had to do a runoff because Sylvester Turner didn't get fifty percent. But once these other folks get out of it, then I think that he'll he'll make that. But yeah, get out and vote. You definitely have to go out and vote. You know, Jerome always uh, curious uh, when things like this happen, when we have major situations that happen in the political uh, atmosphere. And, I, and one of the things, the first thing person I always think of usually is you. So uh, my question to you is, is that give us an autopsy, man. What do you think happened with her? Well, why do you think she's gone? And uh, is it as obvious as, hey, you went after Joe Biden and nobody didn't appreciate that? Well, yeah, no, it's not as obvious as that. That's, that was obvious that she wasn't going to get any votes because of that, right? So what happens when you run, you do really need people around you who kind of understand um, who you are and what you're projecting and how you're coming off. And she does not come off well to the general population. And so when it comes to women running, I can tell you that people get overly hyped at this, um, you know, um, what do you want to call it? I, I can't think of what they call it, but it's just kind of this whole feminism thing of, you know, she's carrying a torch for all of us. It blew Hillary out the water. Although she got three million extra votes, it really did hurt her because of that. If you're going to govern, you cannot, you know, if you want to take something from Obama, uh, President Obama, take this. He did not run as a black candidate. You can't run as a woman. You need to just run. So if you are black and you're running, you really need to understand there's a difference, right, that black people, who, people who are black who are doing anything, I don't care if they work at McDonald's or they work in, as a CEO of a corporation, you will know they're black without them saying it. If you have to say you're black, that is a problem. <laughs> if, you have to, if you have to prove it, right? So your actions kind of speak a little bit differently. I think more of her problem was is raising money. So when you talk about running and how much money it costs to run a commercial, Bloomberg numbers are up because he spent $31 million in marketing. Right? The dude has a problem with everybody. Not only was it his stop and frisk a problem, his problem is is that his attitude towards black people is horrible. And his attitude towards poor people are horrible. So just because you keep yeah, buying that the Blasio pointed that out, Jerome. The Blasio pointed that out on on a, on a show, on an appearance on one of these morning shows. It is horrible. Like he, say it again, lost. Jerome. What did you say? Horrible. What did you say? What do I say? What? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> oh. His numbers yeah. are horrible. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is that in this country, there's fundamentals that we understand. So if white folks don't address black people, they think black people should automatically vote for them. You know, we're just talking about the economy and making the world better. So, all, you know, all uh, a rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. And it's like you've got to be some kind of slow right now to go in this country and say that to a black person. And that's what normally Democrats do. That's where um, – that's where – What's his name? Bloomberg is doing right. He don't want to address nothing that has to do with black people because they ain't got nothing for you. 
You just want to overwhelm that system by saying I can overly market to white folks, and then that will try to change the tide. And it's and it's and it's just like um, I don't know if anybody saw this week, um, Lawrence O'Donnell going off on Buddha Judge, because Buddha Judge goes on TV. I mean, well, he was he was in a speech this week. He said um, something about. Democrats need to be forceful to talk about deficits. This is something that we don't do. And Republicans um, um, create the most deficits, but Democrats are scared to talk about it. So Lawrence O'Donnell, who actually worked in the Senate during the time that um, Democrats lost like crazy for raising taxes and stuff because they were bringing down the deficit, he spent uh, a good segment on it because as he – you know, kind of um, preempted, or as he, you know, um, prefaced that he was going to talk about it, Buttigieg's people sent something to Lawrence, and he still lambasted that fool from being out of touch, because he said, you are using Republican talking points. And I think black people see through that, right? They, they keep saying stuff like, black people don't like him because he's gay. Black people know that that dude has an undercurrent Republican streak in him. That's why he has a problem with black people as well. You have to have people in your camp who have some relationship, and I don't mean somebody who's singing and dance to black people. You have to have somebody in your camp that actually understands the climate of black culture. I don't think Kamala had enough of that, right? Because they said, if she's black, we're just going to let that roll. And it does does not work. It's not going to work for Amy Klobuchar. It's not going to work for that. So Kamala had a lot of issues in there, and I know the reported stories about her sister running her campaign, but that's too far up the food chain for them to be having those kind of – if you're going to power play just because you have power you and you don't know how to handle it, people are not going to respect you. So that's why they use professionals to come into campaigns to actually figure out how that works. You think that when I come in, you know, just generally as a strategist, you are at the top of the pyramid as, uh, in the food chain. We don't we don't deal with like um, general interaction um, with campaign staff. So people get jealous of you from being there. You have to know how to handle that. I've worked on a lot of campaigns where I was pretty much the only black person there. Now I cursed out who I need to curse out, but I did not go power play everybody because when you actually have power, you don't have to power play people course they're going to be mad at you and i i don't think that people handle that well so her 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 um campaign was in disarray a little bit because i don't think they knew how to handle running something so big and then they had problems raising money which you need somebody there that has some access to money and she didn't so anybody can run for office that's pretty much how the how the country was set up but um getting money from from people who can afford to give it to you is a whole nother ball game. It is a whole nother ball game. It's a relationship issue. If if you don't know somebody who has money, then technically those people are just not going to give you money. They don't watch TV and say, "Oh, that person is like a lot of people, a nice person. Let me give them a million dollars." They ain't going to do that. There there are laws that govern how much people can give you. So you can't just nickel and dime poor people and expect to win. Yeah, especially if you don't have, especially if you don't have that name recognition, Mr. Elias. You know, uh, one of the calls, one of the first calls she made was she reached out to the former Vice President Joe Biden, and they asked him, "Do you look at her as being a viable VP candidate?" And he said, "Yeah, of course I do." 
So that being said, what do you think, man? What's next for her? I mean, what do you think, man? You think she's going to be on the ticket? Or do you think because of what happened in the debates and things of that nature that, uh, you know, she's pretty much shut the door on that opportunity and any other opportunity to even be a part of a potential uh, Biden administration? I think I've had to agree with Johnny D on this one, man. She she shut the door on that. She's going to be a political pundit, huh? (laughs) Yep. Yep, I got the degree because, I mean, you, you can't insult people and say, ah, you know, I, that was just a, a theater, political theater. I don't no, think she insulted them, Mr. Elias. I, yeah, I think yeah, people don't like yeah. folks that's not genuine, man. I mean, you know, when you have reverse right. taglines, you know what, what Cory Brooker said, you know, I thought you were high when you made that comment. I'm like, and then, you know, and you saw SNL spoof that. You know, rehearsed joke. People don't, you know, you got to be, you know, just genuine. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, people are a lot, well, a lot of people like what Joe Biden did. It wasn't rehearsed, it was spontaneous. We have this rehearsed crap trying to land political points. I just don't think it goes anywhere. I knew that. You know, her record alone in California would have killed her, man. You know, I think so. You know, after, after you. Did the research and looked at what she's done in California. Man, yeah, she was she was she was done. She was a done. She was, yeah. she was it was a no brainer on that one. Tulsi Gabbard did some. I think she landed some pretty. I'm not going to say they were fatal wounds, but you know she she caught her off guard. You know, it first started when she flip flopped on Medicare for all. First she was for it, then she wasn't against it. She really didn't have a clear answer for it. She was struggling to answer certain things. And when people came after her record as a prosecutor, um, you know, she really started you know getting very defensive. And you could tell she was getting hot. When people were asking questions, you know, well, listen, you know, what's up with you doing this? Look, I was on the inside, and if anybody, she's pointing the finger, I'm like, oh, boy, you know. I mean, because that's what they right. accused Michelle Obama of, if you remember that, right? They accused her of being an angry black woman. And, 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 and I'm like, there she was getting hot. Y'all yeah, remember that? You remember that when that, yep. when that happened? Yep. So, yep. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Amy is coming up the rankings, don't you think? I like Amy. I really like Amy. Mm, yeah, but I, you I, gotta I, have it. You I, can't I, I, have. Jerome, you just can't have a Democratic ticket without a minority on it. I, I, that that is crazy, and it doesn't represent the party. Well, then, you I, can't. I mean, okay, I got two words for you, Keisha. But all I want to say oh, is. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And that's a beautiful note. That's all I'm saying. Good Lord. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, I'm uh, with you on that. And look, I'm looking at some of the comments, too, that I'm going to read during Chatterbox, and there are, there are a few people that agree with you as well. Jerome, right, that's me her name. I mean, send me her name so I can look her up. Keisha okay. Lance Bottoms. There it yeah, is. Keisha, Keisha Lance, Lance Bottoms. Bottoms. I'm not going to remember that. Okay, I will. Okay. All right, Jerome, it's on you. All right, look, that's a beautiful segue to end this show. All right, we're going to step out, take a real quick break, uh, and then we'll be back with uh, Chatterbox on the Need to Know Basis. You're listening to the Serious Five of the J. Ross Show. World leaders caught on camera laughing about President Trump. Several world leaders mocking President Trump. They're laughing at him. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. World leaders mocking and ridiculing him for being completely off balance. Allies are deeply worried about him. They say he's becoming increasingly isolated. Something is very wrong. The world sees Trump.
what he is, insincere, ill-informed, corrupt, dangerously incompetent, and incapable, in my view, of world leadership. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world and our capacity to bring nations together. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Baylor University. Focused on transforming lives through groundbreaking research, innovation, and collaboration, Baylor researchers infuse discovery with a distinctly Christian voice. Learn more at baylor.edu research. Authorities in Arkansas say the FBI and other law enforcement agencies are helping to investigate the killing of a police officer last night. Fayetteville Police spokesman Anthony Murphy says officers inside the police station heard gunshots. Once they got outside, they, they saw that an officer had been shot by a suspect. Fayetteville's police chief says the motive is not clear. He says the officer appears to have been executed. The suspect was chased by police officers and killed in an exchange of gunfire. In Houston, police have a suspect in custody in the fatal shooting of another officer last night. Authorities say the officer was shot multiple times after responding to a call from a woman who said her boyfriend was assaulting her. The officer has been identified as 32-year-old Sergeant Christopher Brewster, Houston's police chief. Says Brewster was able to relay a description of his killer before he died. This year's flu season has gotten off to a slightly earlier start than usual. NPR's Rob Stein reports on word from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC says that the flu season has started a week or two earlier than usual this year. In fact, the flu season hasn't started this early in more than 15 years. This isn't great news because it could mean the flu would have more time to make more people sick. But the CDC says there's always a chance this could mean the flu season could end up peaking and ending earlier than usual, too. There's just no way to know. The flu is notoriously unpredictable. But the CDC says it's still a really good idea to get a flu shot, no matter what happens. Rob Stein, NPR News. This is NPR News. is that calling number, but now it is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from our world-famous chat room and from social media. And uh, Mr. Elias, I turn to you, man. Any comments on the chat room? Are they still on punishment? Have they been muted? What do you have, sir? Uh, I got Corvina, man, says Pelosi may not hate the president, but I know I sure hate that racist SOB. And then... um, (laughs) Uh, he also said, "Can't wait to hear what Jerome had said about Camilla." Uh, and then, and, and Easy Rider said, "All this hate with there has there has been a tactic that every administration has invoked in their times." You uh, know, and then that that's all I want to read now. Okay, alrighty, Mr. Elias controls it. Some of these people sit me, "Hey, you don't read everything." Hey, guess what? He has it right. I don't read every comment we I receive either. But let me read some. Uh, haven't heard from the pastor today. Hopefully, we'll hear from him, and maybe he'll be back next week. All right, Roxy from the Bronx said, "Love the Who's Next comment from my fellow New Yorker." That's how we roll, Biden 2020, referring to what something Jerome said earlier in the show. Archie W from Atlanta said, "I'm down with Keisha LB for for VP." Okay, Keisha L.B. for VP. Got to say that fast at times. Beverly from Charlotte, North Carolina. I remember asking myself who Keisha Lance Bottoms was when I heard Jerome first mention her name on the show. 
I'm thoroughly impressed with her, and I hope that Joe Biden picks her to run on the ticket. A lot of Keisha stuff this morning. Corey from Pasadena, Texas, I agree with Jay. I was going to vote for Kamala until she went after Biden. Actually, I'm lying. I was still going to vote for her after that exchange, but it wasn't until I heard what you said about her previous comments on busing. That's why I never miss an episode of The Serious Side. Appreciate you, Corey. And Mario uh, from Florida, first-time listener. Uh, one of the most professional work produced shows on BTR. Is this a simulcast from another network? Can I find this on Sirius slash FM radio or on iTunes? We'll definitely be back. Well, Mario, you can't find us on the other thing. We are yet. on iTunes. You can find not us on yet. iTunes. Not yet. And, uh, not yet. First of all, call him and ask him where can they find us. Not yet. Yeah, hopefully we'll be there soon. We're not there yet, but we appreciate the comments and you know, we put a lot of put a lot of work into it. It's just folks just meeting us to have a conversation every Sunday morning like you do with your friends. But you think that part of the show was good, you wait till you what the Joker say, wait till you get a load of this. The first lady dazzles on election night in a Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America if you think that was good, Mario, where do you get a load of this? It is time for all the need to know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome. It's free man, Jerome, what is on the agenda for this morning? Well, you know, there was a Buffalo um, bishop. He resigned this week after widespread criticism from his staff, priests, and the public over how he handled his allegations of this clergy sexual misconduct. So um, he stepped down, and the Buffalo Diocese has paid over $18 million for more than 100 victims under their compensation program. So this has not slowed down not one bit about what's going on inside of that church. Now, there's a lot they can say about that, but really, um, they have not slowed down getting people out of there. Now, um, yeah, it it, it seems kind of, I don't know why I I feel like we need to kind of address that at some point again, but we, I think we actually really need to. Now, Delta Airlines, a cabin crew member who is 27, is ordered to pay more than $900 after she boarded a flight at Heathrow um, Airport nearly seven times over the aviation alcohol limit. So she was found, um, you know, uh, I think I did the story before, but they finally find her. I don't think they fired her, but they find her. And she was a flight attendant, so I don't know what to say about that. Like you can't be drunk serving. As long as she wasn't you flying, I'm really not that mad at her. Huh? They find her, but they did they not find- fire her. No, they didn't fire her. They find her. See, I thought you might find that interesting that she ne- didn't get fired for it. Oh, she was been walked off and fired at my job. Yeah, that's where I used to work. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I would think any airline would um, pretty much fire her. But that seems weird. But no, I guess she didn't have an essential role. That has to be a part of the employee's handbook, right? That you just can't do that. All right. Um, U.S. birth hit a 30-year low, so deaths are outpacing um, babies born as fewer teens got pregnant and women wait longer to have children. This is according to CDC. Now, according to the latest figures published last week, there were... um, 
3.79 million babies born last year. That means for every 1,000 women, 1,729.5 babies were born. That's kind of a weird number. Several hundred shy mm-hmm. of the birth rate needed to replace the population in the U.S. So it kind of um, saying that people are focusing on their careers and waiting to have children. And again, fewer teenagers had babies in 2018. Um, well, get this number. 72% fewer teenagers had babies um, in 2018 than in 1991. Seventy-two percent fewer. Now, the amazing thing about that to me always is how we always kind of blame minorities. So as we go into another political season where they're like, we should cut social services because we got babies having babies. These are grown folks that are starving and elderly that are starving. This is not teenagers with children. Wow. Yeah, I, I... like I said, I think we need to focus on that. We're starving elderly people, not teenagers. So, you know, a police officer is suspended after his own body camera footage found him fondling a dead woman's breast during a call in Los Angeles. So this veteran LAPD officer has been placed on leave, again, placed on leave for fondling a, this, this dead woman at, while his partner was getting something from the car. He leaves, and this wow. guy does that. I know. We have a bunch of I, – again, I am tell, telling these stories because we seem to think that, um, you know, everybody is on the up and up, and people wouldn't desecrate a body. I think we know better now. Really? It shouldn't have took that long to figure that out. But anyway, um, you know, a Florida woman, she's 49, she was, a, she was wearing a Hail Satan T-shirt on American Airlines, and she's told by the cute crew to cover it up and um, cover up that official lo- logo or get off the plane. I think they actually pretty much they didn't they didn't arrest her, but they did um, find the they said they found the t-shirt um, offensive and forced her to cover it up, and they offered her a re- a refund. They were like, wow. get off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Now see, I I don't know yeah. what, how I feel about that, but. That yeah. Does it? You can do that. You should yeah, be able to do that. I don't know why I even said that. But but no, if 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 another passenger complains and finds it offensive, then the crew has to step in and do something about it. But if nobody on that airplane says anything about it, then she can get on the airplane with half of her breast hanging out. And nobody's gonna do anything. Yeah. Yeah. See, if somebody has wow. it, that somebody has to be offended. There's no dress code on the plane, is there? Yes, there is a dress code. Oh, okay. I'm just asking. I don't know. I I think you should be dressed, but that's just my thought. <laughs> All right. Now, now Jeffrey Epstein's um, co-pilot revealed that the billionaire employed stewardess or flight attendants who appeared to be minors and dressed them like candy stripers and had bedrooms in the back of his jet. This is what a private detective disclosed this week. He said that Epstein's, along with the other victims who are complaining, Epstein kept a bunch of minors around him. And here's another wow. interesting thing. This week, um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Weinstein. There's a report out that says the, the DA's office keeps going back to court because Weinstein, Weinstein 
keeps disabling his ankle monitor, so they can't really figure out where he's been and where he was because he keeps disabling it. He disabled so they, it multiple times. Jail. What'd you say? Put him in jail. Put his ass in jail. He'll, he'll, he'll no, I don't that. know why that's not an option. Why do you have... If you disable your ankle monitor, they I don't know why Bill they... They to jail. They what? Mm-hmm. They sent Bill Cosby to jail. Put his ass in jail. Yeah. You know, speaking of Bill Cosby, an interesting story about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby said that he will serve all of his time. Because Bill Cosby, at 82 years old, said that he's not willing to tell a parole board, board, board that he did something that he did not do. That man mm-hmm. is 82, which is dang near a life sentence for him to stay in jail that long. He said, no, he's not telling them what they want to hear just to get out of jail. Mm-hmm. Now, how many people would do that and they're not 82? He does not care. Well. Yep. Now, uh, an Alabama police officer is shot dead by a suspect doing a drug bust 41 years after his cop father was killed um, in the line of duty. Like, he did the, pretty much mm. the same thing. So this guy, Bill um, Clarity, was shot in the heart on Friday doing a, a task force operation after investigators learned about a delivery of a large amount of drugs in Huntsville. And 41 years to the day, his father died doing the same type of bus, but he was off duty. Mm. Yeah. It's wow. Fortunate story. All right, now, um, you know, I, there was, where is it, the, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, I remember now. Okay, so former Bumblebee CEO, I'm trying to remember his name, he was convicted of um, tuna price-fixing conspiracy after the company paid this $25 million fine. So he, the guy who's the former president of Bumblebee Tuna was convicted in San Francisco for price-fixing um, canned tuna products. Isn't that weird? Like, they use no real skills and they let them go. But this dude, price fix tuna fish. Everybody's gangster in this, in this way. You can't trust me. You can't trust people when they get those big bonuses like that. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can't just have a regular price um, based upon market prices. He, he worked with the other companies to price fix. And I, I'm after this happened, by the way, the price of tuna fish did not go down. I just want to say that for the record. Yeah. <laughs> they price fixed it, and it still stays the same. Mm. All right. Now, Ring Doorbell um, camera partnership with local police departments across the nation has raised more privacy concerns as it revealed that the company gave authorities maps to identify homeowners who own that smart device and where they lived. So they said mm. over 700 police departments, um, take part inside of this ring, this Amazon ring partnership in an effort to crack down on porch pirates, you know, and um, people who steal packages. So Amazon said that cops did not have access to the location of the smart devices but could request footage from a heat map. Uh, yeah, a heat map provided to police. However, police, um, they, they zoomed in on the heat maps to reveal where the lighted circles are and they can see your location now here's what the, here's what they're saying instead of giving them your address they gave them like heat areas where there could be a camera so all the police have to do is say oh that's where a dot is so now ring said i didn't give them your address they looked on the map and saw uh, um a pin at your house and then they found your address 
Amazon is getting on my nerves with this. They are giving really? up your information and selling it to the police. That's all we want to say. They keep saying we didn't give them your address, but we just told them where your house was. <laughs> That's essentially the, the, wow. the moral of that story. All right. Mm. Yeah. Now, Trump's health chief um, tried to bill taxpayers $47,000 to cover the cost of her stolen luggage, including a $5,900 Ivanka Trump pendant. $325 moisturizer and $2,000 in clothes. So, wow. FEMA um, Burma, who's the head of the Center for um, Medicare and Medicaid Services, filed a $47,000 claim for loss of property. And um, mm. they're saying that Ivanka Pendant is worth um, $5,900. You know what they should do? They should do like. Um, <laughs> They should do like everybody else. They're like, you know this Ivanka. I don't care how much you paid for that. That thing for, with Ivanka's name on it, you may have paid $6,000 for it, but it's about worth uh, $1.16. <laughs> and they should just give really? her the current value. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. There is corruption all around them folks, right? No matter where it is, they're ripping people. Everywhere you look, man, there's a scandal. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't get it. How, how yeah. do you not see the scandal? Oh, it's all fake news, yeah? Like yeah. I was telling you earlier, Jerome, I I just don't get it. You can see this man do something, and you will forgive it. Like these idiots in that chat room. They know, you know he's doing something. You know he's asking a foreign government to let to, to investigate a, form, a, a U.S. citizen, and you just forgive it. Yeah. I, I just cannot. I can't get more. I can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah. I cannot. I, I can't you know that's happening. Yeah. I can't get it, get it either. They really will turn their back on everything that has to do with him. Right. Yep. Now, um, you know, speaking of him, there's a, um, I guess it, you know, Jerry Adler, um, Senator Jerry, or Congressman Nadler, um, mm-hmm. asserted today that the Democrats in the House have a rock-solid case to impeach Trump. He said, um, and that's what he said. That the House Judiciary Committee chairman said that on CNN this morning. That I think that the case we have, if presented to a jury, would uh, would be a guilty verdict in about three minutes flat. But in the Senate, mm. it probably won't be. But you know, I'm sorry, I'm not cynical as everybody else is with the Senate. We have an election coming, and the Republicans are going to lose the Senate. And how they're going to lose the Senate is once they expose all the stuff that Trump did and those fools turn a blind eye to it, I believe that in some of those states that are shaky, they're going to flat lose. Because you can't yeah. see all this stuff and then be like, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, they lying. You, you're, you can't do that. And I think people are going to vote against it. Really? Yeah. So however this is going to go down, I'm sure – that it's not going to go as easy as everybody has been saying. It's like they're they're not going to convict him under, no matter what he does. I think there's going to be some defectors, and it's probably going to be something minimal, five or six, but they're not going to get him out of there. But five or six of those Republicans are going to have to vote to um, remove him. There's just too much obvious stuff going on. Now, McDonald's agreed to pay $26 million to 38,000 California workers to settle a year-long class action suit accused of fast food um, giant as wage um, for wage theft. 
Now, the lawsuit filed nearly seven years ago. Think about how long this took. McDonald's restaurants wow. of California made an array of claims, including failure to pay uh, minimum and overtime wages and to provide breaks. And if you think about it, that's when we were in that's the midst of law, man. But think about it. We were in the midst of our crisis, a financial crisis during that time. And McDonald's wasn't paying nobody no money. Yeah. Wouldn't give them no overtime. Wow. Wouldn't give them no break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, Uber shares plummeted by 3%, um, slashing $1 billion off its value, and then gradually recovered after the ride-sharing company is banned in London over passenger safety fears. Now, the company's share price dropped from $29.56 um, last, uh, last week and to, like, it only went down a dollar, but that is a billion dollars. Uh, but they did recover when the market opened a little bit later, so... That ride share is going up and down. That's <laughs> you know what that means. All right, Facebook and Instagram will block people under 18 from viewing sexually explicit content. From um, they said early next year they're going to do that. So you know, Facebook I think owns Instagram, so they plan to they call age gate several types of sexually explicit content um, in the UK at the beginning of 2020. They're not going to do that in the US. That's just in the UK. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I lie on my profile and it doesn't it, it, it doesn't say I'm eighteen. Yeah. I ain't one of them people, yeah. but it doesn't tell my age, so don't go blocking people. <laughs> just just put that out there. All right, so Fox Sports has already sold out of um, Super Bowl of the next Super Bowl ad with thirty second promos going for get this five point six million dollars. Oh, but geez. 30 seconds. They already sold out. Jeez. Yeah, they said wow. the network raised about $400 million from sponsors. Um, and you know, the Trump re-election campaign bought up a lot of those slots. So Fox well, already... They, they're going to need them. Yeah, <laughs> they're really going to need them. Matter of fact... They're going to really me, need them. When the Super Bowl is in February, he may not even be here. <laughs> so yeah. that's going to be interesting how they go to the spot. But they said that, um, oh, it's February 2nd in Miami. So they said it generates about $400 million with um, 77 national spots, and Trump campaign bought a good bulk of them. See, he has a lot of cash, wow. but I don't think he's going to be able to fool anybody because January is going to be um, trial time, and then February he's going to try to clean it up. They lied. They hmm. lied. That, I'm gonna, I'm That's a good first. point, man. That's a good yeah. point. All right, we have time for two more stories, Jerome. Two more. Okay. Um, you know, three men who were wrongfully convicted as teenagers for murdering a 14-year-old um, boy in Baltimore were exonerated after 36 years in behind bars. And um, Alfred Chestnut, Ransom Watkins, Andrew Stewart were teenagers when they were wrongfully convicted of DeWitt Duckett's um, murder in Baltimore High High School in 1983. They just got out. Mm. Okay. And um, Amazon has pulled skin lightening products that contain harmful levels of mercury after protests over um, dangerous racist and illegal creams that they had on the shelves. So a protest against the product. I know. Why do you have to protest this? It started in Minnesota. 
it garnered about 23,000 signatures, driving Amazon to remo- remove 15 light skinned uh, skin lightning, sorry, light skinned, skin lightning products <laughs> from the site. And also, you know, we have that problem with um, hair conditioners for black folks. They're finding overwhelming um, levels of mercury in them that is poisoning and causing mm. cancer. That's why I use. Um, wow. Yeah, that's why I use European creams on my face. I'm just joking, but we have to really be careful of that. See, I had to land. I had to land on something serious. Today. My bad. Like All right, cream. brother. Well. <laughs> All right. Wow. wow. You European cream. I guess that All right, I got it. pissed off. What did you say? Oh, um, you know what? I, I bet Sammy Sosa's gonna be really pissed off. <laughs> exactly. We need to check on Sammy Sosa. Never have calling the show unless he's okay. All right. Thank you, Jerome, and thank you for the ad lib and the assist, Mr. Elias. <laughs> it is time for our final thoughts, and ladies are first around here. So uh, Vanessa May Belly from the Macanelli final thoughts, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the show Sunday morning with you guys um, because I love you guys I'm purchasing some extra uh, phone time with AT&T so that I can be on the cruise ship and try to call in on next Sunday because God is good and next Sunday Bobby and I will be on the world's largest cruise ship until December 21st so if I don't get to talk to you guys Merry Christmas I love you all thank y'all for listening to us and thank y'all for allowing me to be a part of your Sunday morning, but hopefully uh, it will go through where I can't call in from the ship because I'm doing some extra stuff to try to be able to do that. So anyway, I love y'all and uh, pray for safe travels for us. Traveling Most great definitely. to you and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, and of course we love you and we can we hope it goes through because your input is a valuable part of the show. Thank you so much, Johnny D. Thanks. Final thoughts, sir. <laughs> we'll love you, Vanessa. Once again, I, I am just grateful for this opportunity, grateful and thankful for this opportunity to be a part of the broadcast. Uh, and could not have have been mentored by in, any other finer folks than, than each one of you all. Uh, Miss Vanessa, I tell you what, uh, you are certainly the epitome of, of what I want to be when I finally do retire. God's will, my purpose. You are just traveling up and and getting the fruits of your long your long work history and, and, and labor. So enjoy yourself and everyone else. Be blessed. And again, thank you for inviting us into your home. Just thank you for allowing me to be a part of this this this, this uh, auspicious body of, of, of professionals. Thank you. Hey, man, thank you for bringing what you bring, man. The show would not be. It's almost as if you've been there since the beginning. Appreciate you, man. Love you to death. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Shreeman, final thoughts. Well, you know, I would like to um, first say to Vanessa, who is cruising, that instead of buying extra minutes, she should have just took us all with her. But I'm, that, I digress. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't mind doing a, doing a show from a cruise ship. I don't think that's your problem at all. We'll all take time to hang out with Vanessa. Not because we love Vanessa, because that is true, but just because we want to be there to support you on your cruise. And eat that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right. that out there. All right, so everybody have, everybody have a good week. 
And um, write Vanessa and tell her to take us with her. All right. You got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man gets the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, final thoughts. Look, as I always say, get out and vote, folks. But this is a message to all my colleagues. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is without each and every one of you. I thank you guys for coming on each and every week, doing what you do, and impacting your knowledge on our listeners. So from me to you, I thank each and every one of you guys. And all I have to say is, at the end of the day, that uh, we're all family. We enjoy what we do. And, folks, please, wake up and smell the coffee. This is the reason why people like David Koresh and Jim Jones are able to have people kill themselves in their name. Because they're following a person versus following the facts and following the truth. Wake up. This stuff is out there. Don't believe everything that comes from this president's mouth because he's a liar. And everything that he says is a lie. Think about it. I always tell you to keep it simple, stupid. In my case, it's sexy, but that's okay. Think about this. If you are innocent of any crimes, then why would you not allow your people to testify? Come on, folks. It is as simple as one, two, three, A, B, C, two plus two is four. Wake up and smell the coffee. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown show. Is it me or did Mr. Elias put some extra baritone in his face or in his voice? Wow. All right, so listen, for Vanessa Maybelli, for the McAnally, for Johnny D, for uh, Jerome, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Ross. Have a great work week. Thank you for allowing us in your home to remember. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious right now. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.